Welcome back to the Broken Table Wrestling Podcast. Hope everyone is well. Today we'll be reviewing the Monday 3-6-2023 edition of Monday Night Raw. We started off with a singles match between Kevin Owen and Ansel Sokoa, in which Kevin Owen won by disqualification. This was a very, uh, it was a good match, um, I think, to continue the storyline of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So as we saw towards the end, we saw Sami Zayn show up. Um, kind of saving him, um, but we Kevin Owens still didn't take his hand, so I think they're doing a really good job bringing it on. Um, the only thing I'm kind of worried about is I don't want to drag on too long to where it's like a week before Mania. That's when we finally see them reunite, because I still want that buildup of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn against the Usos, because right now it feels like just Sami Zayn is doing that. Yeah, for sure. I, I totally agree. I, I feel like this week, the, the week that this comes out, so Monday the 13th, to uh, Friday of the same week. I feel like this is the week where you have to start seeing KO become more willing to fight alongside Sami Zayn because, like you said, we're not we're not too long to WrestleMania. Um, but I, I still I still don't disagree with KO being so adamant about not being with Sami because a lot has happened that KO, you know, rightfully has no reason to want to work with him. So uh, I I just hope it starts to, you know, become more interesting and and they start to reunite as opposed to waiting until, like you said, a week before WrestleMania. Yeah, but I do think they're doing a really good job um, kind of keeping it fresh in our minds. So we saw them not really uh, – we saw Kevin Owens not take his hand in the ring, but we also saw that backstage too. He they, he offered him again, and he said he was good. Like So they're doing a really good job keeping it fresh in our mind, keeping it that we all kind of know it's going to happen, but we're still like – it's a good story because we still don't know when it's exactly going to happen. Exactly. And I guess a quick question I have for you is considering KO is so adamant about not working with Sammy, how do you think WWE will book the KO and Sammy reunion? Because we all know it's probably going to happen. How do you think they're going to book it in a way that makes sense? My first thought was kind of why Kevin Owens didn't take Sammy, didn't take Sammy's offer in the first place. Kevin Owens said that while he was being beaten, in front of his own family, um, he was Sami Zayn watched, whereas Kevin Owens couldn't let him do that. So I feel like somehow, some way, you want to almost implement Sami's family or Kevin Owens's family into it, and then have Sami Zayn stand up for Kevin this time and stand up for his family. And I think Kevin could show a sign of respect towards that. I don't know how you'd book that, but that was like my my first kind of thought. If you're talking about how we get there eventually. Right, very good point. Something's gonna have to happen for Sammy to gain Kevin's full trust back, and and who knows what that will be. Next, we have a match that was made from the events of last week. We have the champion Bianca Belair versus Carmella in a singles match. Um, Belair got the obvious victory ahead of WrestleMania, and some events happened after. Um, first off, I think it's awesome the new duo that's forming Chelsea Green and Carmella, like. Like kind of like you said on the Twitter, I think like that's a duo like that we didn't want, but like we all kind of needed. Like those are two like really good talents, and they have the same kind of motto, same kind of agenda. So I think that's really fun to watch. Um, obviously, you know, Belair has to win, um, but I do think it was good to have Oscar come out, kind of step in when Carmella and Chelsea were beating down on Bianca. Um, so I think Oscar stepping in kind of shows that sportsmanship aspect of like these two girls don't really hate each other, but they know like how good they're going to do at WrestleMania, like how good that match is going to be. 
So it's that sign of respect that like you want both of them a hundred percent. You want to put on that good show that both of them definitely could. Yeah. And um, after the match, Asuka came out to not really help Bianca because she got, she got beat down by Chelsea and um, Chelsea and Carmelo. So she came out, she did the mist on Chelsea, which I thought was very funny. Um, Chelsea's a great character. I, I'm happy we're going to get to see her in the ring tonight against Bianca. So that'll be a fun match to have. Obviously Bianca's going to win because you know, WrestleMania is less than a month away. Next, we had perhaps one of the better segments of the night. We had Seth Rollins uh, and Logan Paul on Miz TV. And uh, yeah, it ended pretty well. It was a very entertaining segment. So what do you got to say about this? This was awesome. Uh, it really is awesome what Seth Rollins can do, like with any talent. Um, like even got a guy like Logan Paul who's had, what, three matches in the WWE or two? He had, I don't know, three or two. Um, but he can like he's still like elevating Logan Paul, but it's all the credit to the world to Logan Paul because he's still doing a great job rising as a heel. Um, the bye bye bitch at the end was very funny, very comical, like really ties it together. And you know that match is going to be insane at WrestleMania. It's going to be so so insane because he's a great talent, and of course Seth Rollins can wrestle with the absolute best of them. Yeah, I agree. I think I think this is a really good segment. Seth Rollins carried his own weight. Logan Paul carried his own weight. Miz did what he had to do. Um, I think this was the moment where you see Logan Paul really take on that heel character by, by what he was saying, by bashing the crowd. Um, I, I think it was it was great for the character. I think that obviously sets up who's the face and who's the heel. Um, and I can't wait to see more of Logan Paul's heel moments uh, ahead of WrestleMania. I think this match is going to be an absolute banger. And uh, it ended with a that remember that one lucky punch all the way back from uh, his feud with Roman Reigns, he, he knocked him out in one punch. So that's going to be interesting. Maybe they'll they'll advertise that one lucky punch again, as they did with the crown jewel match against Roman Reigns. Um, uh, this was a great segment. I, I cannot wait for this match. And I think real quick, mm-hmm. I think the feud, somebody we really have to thank for the feud is the Miz. For sure, like it, it the Miz is, does a great job too. I, I mean he instigates the crap out of both of these guys and he makes them want to fight and then he takes a he takes a hit or a bump and and then it's just the two of them so i think that's going to be really awesome and you know i I got a suspicion that there could be a role he plays in their match at wrestlemania like i'm not really as the host of wrestlemania i'm not really sure how but i think the miz is doing a great job in this feud um and he's doing a great job instigating it and building it up so i think the miz has a lot of gained a lot of respect from a lot of people from what he's doing with this feud. Yep, and I totally agree. I was just about to say, I, I, I definitely see him getting involved in this match in some way, shape, or form. Next was my least favorite moment of the night, Omos versus Dolph Ziggler in a squash match, with an, ended with Omos performing his finisher chokeslam-esque move, hitting Ziggler in probably less than five minutes. Yeah, this was dumb. It was just, I get it. You have to kind of put Omos almost over a little bit with the WWE. You got to get him a win. Maybe Dolph Ziggler's the guy to do that because of how much Dolph Ziggler's loved. But it was just like, you kind of said it. Like, on the Twitter, you were like, how does a world champion lose in a minute to Omos? Like, Dolph Ziggler went three-on-one at Survivor Series in half an hour, and he won. It's just like, it. you you can't just, like, bury Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler still has talent he can be shown. So, yeah, I didn't really like this. I agree with you. Um, and I'm not really excited for the Omos-Brock Lesnar match. Um it's not something that's going to interest me because who we didn't see Omos and Brock. So who cares? Like who cares about Omos beating Ziggler? Like what's that going to show me? Like t- I'd rather him spend five minutes talking to Lesnar than 
yep. a minute and a half walking to the ring, a minute and a half pinning Ziggler, a minute and a half walking back. Yep, I, I thought this was very bad booking, and I'm not trying to be a hater. It's just because I, I, I love Dolph Ziggler so much, and I think he deserves a push or one final push before he hangs up his boots eventually. But I just – if you're going to have a match like this, you might, you might as well just have him go, you know, 10 minutes or, or the length of a normal wrestling match. And then you could have Omos beat Zucker, which I could totally see because he's seven foot three, but to have him lose in that fashion, fashion, when this guy has so many accolades, perhaps one of the best money in the bank cashins we've seen. It, it's, it's just ridiculous. I mean, there's people in the back, like Akira Tozawa that could afford to have a squash match like this. But um, I just think this would have been a lot better if Brock was on the show and they did some sort of face-to-face promo, but maybe we'll get that for tonight's edition of Raw. But yeah, just very bad booking. I was very upset to see this as a severe Dolph Ziggler fan. Yeah, it was just weird, but I guess I'm happy that it wasn't Chad Gable. Like, at least he didn't get squashed and he didn't take another loss because he doesn't deserve a loss either. But it was just, yeah, it, it didn't make any sense. Like, wh- out of everybody, like, why Dolph Ziggler? Like, honestly, I would have watched him fight one of the jabronis that he'd pick up off the street, fighting a three-on-one handicap match. Like, I'm not going to watch anyway, but it's just like, he does. I don't need to see it. I don't care if he can beat him in a minute. Like I'd let's see him on the mic. Let's see him deliver a promo to Brock Lesnar, and let's like build something up for a WrestleMania match that people are excited about. This. Well said. I totally agree with that. Um, next we have Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor. This is this is a match I was really looking forward to. Um, Johnny Gargano does get the win with his uh, DDT via a edge distraction and interruption. Uh, before before we get to your thoughts in the match. I think this was such an NXT styled match and it just brought me back to the, the good old days, I'd say with the black and gold. Yeah. I, what, I mean, I was watching this match and I was kind of thinking about you and I'm like, Oh, you gotta be loving this. Cause you're a big Johnny Gargano guy. And it looked like it was Johnny Gargano from 2016 and he oh, was yeah. the star of the show. So it looked, it looked really good. Uh, he looked good. Bauer looked good. Um, it was all really fun to watch. Um, and then I think, you know, you have to keep going with Edge, uh, Finn Balor and Edge, so you got to keep doing that. Um, Finn uh, being shoved off the ring post uh, by Edge, uh, it gives Johnny Argano a big-time big, big time win over Finn Balor, and it also we're kind of keep going to Edge and uh, Finn Balor. So we're going to see Edge call Finn Balor out tonight. I'm really hoping, really, really hoping we get to brood edge Demon Balor tonight. Yeah, that would be ideal. And um, something, this match was great. I loved every second of it, like you said. But something that really bothered me was, uh, if you you remember that edge promo at the end, uh, towards the end, uh, or after the match, when he said something along the lines of Finn Balor, in in, in regards to his match with uh, Austin Theory, Finn Balor cost me when against someone I should beat, saying edge should beat Austin Theory. And now I costed him a win against someone he should have beaten. I, I don't like how that buries Gargano in a way because, you know, the, the Finn Balor and Gargano were both top NXT guys. You could see it go either way. When I hear this match, I, I don't just say, oh, Balor's going to destroy him and he should beat Johnny Gargano. It, it's not like that. They have the same amount of experience, I would argue. And, and I just don't like how they buried Gargano there. I thought it was a pretty bad decision. And uh, ho- hopefully it doesn't bury Gargano too bad where people – you know, get upset about that. But I said something I noticed, and I think it was very, very, very poor decision because Gargano was is was a top guy in XT and is on his way to be a top guy in WWE. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I definitely think this little promo backstage thing, it definitely buried Gargano in a little bit because, I mean, 
regardless of how it happened, Gargano won. Like, he won the match, and Gargano's good enough to win those kind of matches. So it's like Edge to kind of say, oh, Balor should always beat Gargano. Like, that's, like, not true. Like, Gargano is a good enough wrestler to beat anybody. Again, he, maybe he ain't beaten Roman Reigns ever, but, I mean, he could definitely go out and beat Finn Balor on a night-to-night basis. Absolutely for sure. I mean, this is the same guy that beat Adam Cole in a two out of three falls match for the NXT champion, and it was basically a four against one from the Undisputed Era. So I don't know how you say that Finn Balor is supposed to beat Johnny Gargano, because I totally disagree with that. Well, but, uh, we, we, luckily, uh, this won't be the end for Johnny Gargano. We'll talk yep. about him much more in our next episode. So right. uh, we'll, I'm looking forward to that. Me too. Next match was, like, like we say every week, unfortunately, the bathroom break. Of, uh, <laughs> Piper Niven versus Nikki Cross. Um, I really have nothing to say in this match. It's just, you know, it's, it's wrestling, you know. Boo. Big boo. I, yeah, let's just move on. Piper Niven beat her. Uh, it was fine, whatever. I, I okay, next one. <laughs> next, we have probably the best promo of the night John Cena and Austin Theory. Um, I, th- I thought this was great. Cena absolutely buried Theory and we had a nice little Cody entrance at the end to bring it back to old days, but uh, I thought this was really good and uh, definitely puts a lot of pressure on the young Austin theory. Yeah. Uh, John Cena is so good on the mic. Um, so I know like when we talked about elimination chamber, like our first episode, I was like, you can't put John Cena in a title match. Cause you can't have him win. You can't have him lose. Yep. But like, then he steps on the mic and it's like, okay, now he can do it because he's so good. So the crowd noise comment, the when he tapped him on the balls at the end, he was like, you really got to work on that. Like, it's all funny. It's all like awesome. And it's like who John Cena's always been when he's on the mic. But I do like what you said. It puts a lot of pressure on Austin Theory. Now, if we were to predict this match, I think we both would say that Austin Theory wins. I think. I think. My my mindset has changed every day. I don't know who's going to win, truly. I'm going to walk into WrestleMania and I'm not going to know who's going to win. Yeah. But I think it does put some sort of pressure on Austin Theory to deliver because he just got killed on the mic. So you can't get killed in wrestling, too, because ne- then what kind of character are you really even? Yeah, no, exactly. I, I think – I do think this was dangerous booking. I loved I loved every minute of this promo, but the danger is Austin Theory loses a bunch of steam regardless if he wins or loses. Um, but I, I think Austin Theory is a strong enough character to come back from any, let's say, burial that, that he's been through. Um, after looking online, I, I'm becoming more and more convinced that it's going to be John Cena winning the title and losing it in an open challenge against Raw. I, I don't really like that idea, but if it happens, I wouldn't be super upset because then you you have a new United States champion that could be the champion until SummerSlam. Um, you don't have to have a part-time United States champion if John Cena does win. And also Theory can then escalate to the world title picture, have some good feuds with whoever the world champion may be, or world champions if it ends up getting split up eventually. But um, yeah, I think this match is going to be an absolute barn burner. John Cena is naturally gifted at this. We don't have to worry about him being rusty. Austin Theory is is the future of, of, of this business. So I think it's going to be a super good match. I'm on the fence of who's going to win. I can see it either way. I just hope that regardless of the outcome... Austin Theory still, you know, has that same healthy fan heat and, and no one, you know, no one wants Theory off television or, or, or not wrestling anymore. 
Yeah, and I think if John Cena were to win, I think an open challenge on Raw is really good. What I've seen a lot of is you bring Braun Breaker there. And I know you talk about the year going to the world title picture, but Braun Breaker beats John Cena on Raw for the United States title. Then why not have Theory and Braun have a feud? I mean, that would be fantastic. Those two guys, they again, maybe not so much on the mic because neither that Theory's pretty good on the mic, but Breaker not really. Again, I haven't seen much of Breaker on the mic uh, in NXT. Um, but I think you put those two guys in like a match in a little feud, like that can go on for months. And the title never has to change. I'm never saying the title has to change, but Braun Breaker could beat Theory three times, and then Theory finally says, you know okay, I'm moving up. And it'll continue that fan heat for Theory and also welcome Braun Breaker to the main roster. Yeah, I like. I would like that for you too. No complaints on either either of those options. I think either way, we're going to have a, a good future for the U.S. title. I, I think it's still going to be elevated as a world title-esque title before, um, regardless of the outcome. <clears throat> uh, our next match made by Maximum Male Models was Baron Corbin, who still is yet to find a, a new gimmick versus Chad Gable. It ended with a surprisingly rare, unfortunately, Chad Gable W. We'd love to see Chad Gable win after losing week after week on Raw. And uh, yeah, this match is, is... The purpose of this match was for Baron Corbin to destroy Gable so Otis and Gable could split up and go their own separate ways. It looks like it was certainly going there. So I, I thought it was a great match. thought it was a good ending. And uh, what did you think about this match? I, it was I again. Match was good. We tell we say all the time. Chad Gable is a great wrestler. Baron Corbin, not really. Um, but I think Baron Corbin could be good. He just he's got nowhere to go. He's got no character. He's got no. He's got no anything. He's the right gimmick. Yeah, yeah, and you know we saw him as the lone wolf, and it was good. It was fun. Like he was, he was. People like feared him, and I feel like right now you look at Baron Corbin, and you're like anybody so can beat him. And he can't win any title ever. So it's just like, what is he doing? Like, what is he doing? We tried JBL. It flopped like a fish. Like, it's just you you try and try, but he was good as a lone wolf. So however you try to bring that back, because I think he's good enough to where he doesn't need to leave the company. But, like, you got to give him the right kind of push, the right kind of vision, or else nothing's ever going to happen with this guy. Yeah, I totally agree. I think... His potential is certainly there. It's just, I, I don't think he has a lot of resonance with the WWE universe. So I think it's hard for him to try these gimmicks because they always end up with the fans just giving up and, and his matches always becoming the bathroom breaks during the middle of whatever episode he's on. But uh, yeah, I, I hope they figure out the right gimmick for him because I, I personally, I, I don't mind Baron Corbin. I think his wrestling is, is fine. I, I think it's fun to watch. It's just the gimmick kind of overshadows that and makes it a little a little bad as, as compared to, you know, having the right gimmick and also having the wrestling behind it. Yeah, and I just feel like without the right gimmick, Baron Corbin's not a good enough wrestler to just rely on his wrestling. So I think that's where they're just going wrong because we're like, okay, we have no story, but he's not even good in the ring. I mean, he doesn't even look that great in the ring. So it's like, why is he here? Like, give me at least a story. Give me a gimmick I can hold on to. Give me a vision for him so I can be excited when I hear his music come out and he walks down to that ring. Yep, totally. Totally agree. Next, we have the co-main event of the night, let's say. Becky Lynch, Lita, and Trish Stratus um, did it cut a promo on damage control. Uh, basically, the, the ending of this match, uh, the ending of this segment confirmed a WrestleMania match that was already predicted. 
which would be those three versus damage control. And I, I think it's going to be a great match. I think it's very fun. I, I, I'm a little torn because I feel like it doesn't really make a lot of sense. I feel like they're just dragging on, you know, the damage control storyline. And, and it's not that I hate, you know, any of the wrestlers. It's just, you know, there's it, it, not even a title. They have titles on them, but it's not even a title match. So I, I, I'm interested to see where we go from here. I think that you you said the point. You're going to go to WrestleMania, and you're not going to defend titles. And it's just like we talk about it every week. The women's tag division, the women's division as a whole, out of sight of a very few people, is a joke. It's a joke. You can't like again. Who was the women's match we got to see on Raw to this episode? We saw Piper Niven and Nikki Cross. I mean, those two are jokes. Like it's there's no story. The story is that Nikki Cross wants friends, and it's just like. I don't understand why you put titles on Becky Lynch and Lita and then not defend them. I personally think a much better route would have been Becky Lynch and Lita versus EO and Dakota versus Rousey and Baszler in a triple threat tag match. Yeah. A triple threat ladder match. You put Lita in a ladder match. Everybody watches that. And then Trish and Bailey either fight the Raw after WrestleMania or at WrestleMania. So I think but because now – you lay the risk of we already saw Lita in the ring. Lita didn't look good. Who's going to say that Trish Stratus isn't going to look good? And it's going to be pretty much Becky Lynch in a three-on-one. And, yeah, Becky Lynch is probably going to magically pick up a win. But it's just like you're in a weird spot. You switched the titles, and now you're not defending the titles of WrestleMania. Yeah, very well said. I, I think, you know, everyone's somewhat excited for this match because you have two legends coming back to wrestle and, and, and we all know it's going to be a fun match, but you know, for, for this is WrestleMania. This is, this is what's being said is the biggest WrestleMania in history. To me, this match is a main event segment on raw. You know what I mean? I, I feel like we need something. I feel like uh, you brought up a really good point, like some sort of, you know, gimmick match, a ladder match, you know, something a stream rules that would make that WrestleMania worthy. I feel like what I'm seeing in front of me is just something I could see on Monday night raw in the main event. I just don't think it's, it's, I think it needs to be booked more interesting so fans have something more to look forward to. It's WrestleMania. We deserve WrestleMania-worthy matches. I think all the other matches have achieved that, except this one. I I, I feel like it's just a normal three-on-three tag team at this point. Yeah. I, it's well said. It's just a normal three-on-three tag team, and it's just it, – it had a real potential to be real interesting, really entertaining – I'm not saying the matches are going to be entertaining. I'm very excited to watch Trish Shaz back in the ring. I'm very excited to see it, but it's just it lost it lost what it could have been. Exactly, and those titles are going to be collecting dust in the sideline in a in a virtually useless three on three match. So it, it just it needs to be booked better. It just it has to be, and hopefully yep. after WrestleMania, the tag titles for the women will get some respect. But who knows? Yep. Absolutely. Lastly, we had the main event segment of the night. It was. Jay, or sorry, Jimmy Uso versus Sami Zayn. It ended with a clean roll-up by Sami Zayn in which you get the rare Uso defeat. Um, I thought this was a great match. A lot of events happened afterwards, so uh, what do you got to say about this one? The match was good. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Jimmy Uso solo. I don't think uh, Jimmy Uso fighting by himself um, um because i just don't think he had what jay uso could do uh when they fought when jay uso was a singles competitor yeah um so i think that part is a little i guess i get you get it you got to do it because you can't have him fight solo every week and so you got to do it um but it's just 
Yeah, it, I don't really like Jimmy Uso in the singles division, but um, and then after I was faked, I was totally, totally faked out. Uh, I when I saw the hug, I was like, "What the hell is going on?" Because like, then what? If they then what? Like, who? What are you gonna? You're gonna put Jay and Sammy together and win the titles? Like, what? Like, then what? And then the super kick. I mean, we talked about at the beginning of the episode that super kick pretty much solidified that it's going to be KO and Sami Zayn versus the Usos at the, at WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I thought I thought this match was pretty good overall. I, I don't mind Jimmy in the ring, but obviously Jey Uso's main event, Jey Uso. He got that big, big push while Jimmy was hurt, and it just gave him a lot of extra steam. Um, I, the ending, again, like you said, it got me as well. When, when Jay came through the crowd, you know, he, he did some sort of weird huggish thing with Jay, Jimmy, and I was like, that's it. He's leaving. That's his way of saying, I'm gone. I'm going with Sami Zayn because he was loyal to me. So I'm going to be loyal to him. And then, and then, like you said, the hug for me solidified it. And I even said on Twitter, Jey Uso is aligning with Sami Zayn, followed by a tweet about 50 seconds later. I said, never mind, because he super kicked him right in the jaw. And I, I was, I wasn't too shocked because after a couple seconds after he hugged Sami, I'm like, booking wise, you can't really make this make sense because how are they going to lose their titles without it being cheap? So I kind of saw it coming in a way, and, and I, I like the way they went with this. I think it was a very, very good betrayal. got a very good reaction from the crowd. Like The hug got a, re- a lot of reaction. The super kick got an even louder reaction. So I think it just draws fans in even more to this Bloodline storyline, and, and it furthers it, and, and they're just building the storyline so well ahead of WrestleMania. So I, I really can't wait. What's going to happen on Raw, SmackDown? I'm very, very excited for the future of this, uh, this feud. Yeah, they're, they, you know, after what happened with Sami Zayn when he stabbed Roman Reigns at the back, he, they've done a really good job build, continuing to build it. Um, yeah, Sami Zayn isn't the world champion, but they're not letting Sami Zayn die. They're not letting Kevin Owens die, and they're not letting the Usos die. So I think they're doing a really good job keeping everybody in check. Everybody has a role. And it's going to be, like we talked about, it should be, if it made official, it should be day one main event. Yeah, I think it has to be. Uh, I know I know. Rhea Ripley won the Royal Rumble. But if you if you have two pieces of paper and you say, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair for the main event. I, and I know that this match is going to be amazing. I know the wrestling's going to be good. But on the other paper, you have the Usos versus Kevin Owen and Sami Zayn. I'm picking Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn all day, all day long. I just think this match is going to be superior wrestling. I think there's going to be more of a story told in this match as opposed to Rhea Ripley's match. I think this match should be the marquee for night one. I think it'll be the second most hyped up match of the entire WrestleMania, obviously Roman and Cody being one. And I think that it's going to be so amazing. And I cannot wait for those tag belts to switch. And, we're gonna, and, and hopefully we get towards a place where we have you know, split tag team belts, and, and we look forward to two tag teams every week as opposed to one. Yeah, I, you're, you, you've built up a story for a year. Like, you're finally going to get a sort of conclusion. We know we're not even going to get a real conclusion. We know that Usos aren't going anywhere. The bloodline's not going anywhere. And it's just like, for Charlotte and Rhea, there was no, like, we've had the buildup since the Rumble. So it's just like, what do, you, what do fans want to see? The thing you've been talking about since last WrestleMania? Or the thing that just came to be about two months ago, right? And to be fair, that Charlotte Rhea storyline has been—it's been dormant, but they have history, which is why 
I, I could see them putting it in the main event segment because I have history ever since that match for the NXT title at WrestleMania 36, I believe, which was uh, during the pandemic. But but again, no matter what you tell me, I still want I still want the Usos versus KO and uh, Sami Zayn all day long. I just think the story's there. But absolutely, uh, totally agree. Yep, that will conclude this edition of the Broken Table Wrestling Podcast. Please share with your friends. Please share with anyone that will be interested in, in listening to our podcast. We, re- we really appreciate that. Follow our Twitter at table, uh, oh no, Broken Table Wrestling. I believe table. Or Broken just, Table Twitter. Just, just Table. Oh, Table Wrestling? Okay. Yeah. And then follow the Instagram, which is Broken Table. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode, episode 7, I believe, or 8, which will be yeah. our NXT edition of Broken Table Wrestling Podcast. Thank you and have a great day. Be good people. Bye.